Welcome back to another episode of Counter the Chaos, the podcast here to challenge you to shift the way that you live, lead, and work so that you can step into the most full, whole version of who you are and who you are here to be. I'm your host, Tiffany Lanier, keynote speaker, clarity strategist, and podcaster personally on a mission to live purposefully and lead consciously. And I am taking everybody along with me because I firmly believe that living purposefully is something that we all owe to ourselves and leading consciously is what we owe to everyone else. I'm so excited to be back for another episode of Counter the Chaos. Last time I left you, I was in prep mode for Hurricane Dorian, um, which actually didn't hit South Florida full on like it was projected to at one point. Uh, Hurricane Dorian definitely caused a lot of devastation to the Bahamas, and we watched it as it pretty much decimated the Bahamas for over a span of two days as a Category 5, which is pretty much the largest category that a hurricane can be. And this was the second largest storm to be recorded in modern history. So out of the last 100 years of recording hurricanes, Hurricane Dorian got to the highest amount of or the second highest uh, amount of winds, I think at 185 miles per hour. And I believe it felt like or generated like over 200 something miles per hour. So the Bahamas, if you haven't seen it, and if you haven't, please Google it and look it up, was completely destroyed. And not all of the Bahamas, because the Bahamas is made up of a ton of, of islands, but particularly Abaco and Freeport were completely just almost wiped off the map. And it's very, very sad to watch. And it was heartbreaking to witness as we were wondering if the storm was going to head our way and do the same thing. Again, we were very fortunate that basically Dorian started to move north, east, um, and didn't hit Florida almost at all. We did get some of the outer bands, which were more tropical storm type winds. And it just rode up our coast and continued to move up north into Georgia and the Carolinas. And it might still be causing havoc as we speak. So over a span of a week and a half, maybe, Dorian has just been wreaking havoc all over the southeast area. And again, fortunate because we really got, you know, winds, rains, but nothing that caused any kind of destruction or devastation on our end. So very fortunate, but also feeling really, really sad for my friends and their family. I have several friends who have family in the Bahamas and houses and friends in the Bahamas and witnessing and watching what they are experiencing, trying to find their loved ones, get their loved one give their loved ones care um, is definitely heartbreaking. So what I'll do is leave a couple of different places that you can donate uh, either time, money, or supplies to help start rebuilding the Bahamas and help aiding, you know, the people of the Bahamas right now. Rebuilding is probably going to be a long and torturous process to some extent, but right now they actually need supplies and aid and food and medical and all these other things. So I'll leave some links for you um, on the Anchor FM 
description area so that you can click around and, and support some of these causes that are really helping with that. But on a more lighter-ish note, um, today I wanted to talk specifically about life transitions. And I may have hinted from time to time throughout the episodes of this podcast that one of the bigger transitions that have happened in the last five years for me was going through a very complicated pregnancy and then experiencing postpartum depression. And it was definitely one of those life-changing moments. And I fully believe that these big transitions that happen in our lives are here to teach us very powerful lessons. And it's what we do with those lessons that can change the way that we quite literally live, lead, or work. And for me, and where that phrase actually came from is because this particular transition in time definitely reshaped the way that I thought about living. It has reshaped the way that I show up in my leadership and has definitely changed my work from how I how I work now versus how I was working then. And so these life transitions are here to teach us powerful lessons. And it's up to us to learn these powerful lessons and turn it into something, or at the very least, use it as the next step to guide us in the next area of life that we are here to learn. Being human is weird. Like, let's just put it out there. Being human is strange. We go through so many emotions and ups and downs, and just to experience this whole planet with other humans is tumultuous to say the least, beautiful and great in so many ways and also devastating in others. And what many of us are trying to do is thrive, right? To stop surviving in our minds, stop surviving in our day-to-day lives and begin to thrive. And it's these transition points that usually cause so much stress and de-stress that that could lead to depression that could lead to us not fulfilling our highest potential because we get bogged down with all the rigmarole of everything. And so I wanted to share with you a little bit more about my personal story and how I overcame this particular transition and how it did transform my life today. But at the time, I could have not seen what would become, right? It's always hindsight is twenty twenty. I couldn't see what life would be like after. During this time, it was just really trying to survive it. I was trying to survive quite literally the complications that came from my pregnancy. And I was just trying to make it through postpartum depression. And at the time, I didn't even know that I was experiencing postpartum depression. It just felt like the world was quite literally caving all around me. And so I'm going to share a little bit about my complicated pregnancy, and then I'm going to share a spoken word piece that I recently did at an open mic a couple of weeks ago. It was literally right before major hurricane prep, and so it got lost kind of in the winds of all that was going on with Dorian, but I want to share that piece and then dissect it because there's so much richness and understanding the waves that we experience when we're going through major transitions in life. And sometimes we just don't hold the space for what that looks like. And so that's what I want to talk about today. Ultimately, 
holding space for our transitions, holding space for all the feelings and the emotions and things that come up for us so that we can utilize what we're going through to be a catalyst for change in our personal lives as well as the lives around us versus it being this negative onset of events and situations that can become a spiral, a downward spiral of negative change and last for what sometimes feels forever um, within our lives and definitely has some negative impact on the people that we love because we're experiencing it. So for me, in 2014 is when I got pregnant with my daughter and it was an unexpected pregnancy, but welcomed. (laughs) And, um, you know, the first trimester is always really exhausting. You never really know like, oh my goodness, you're like growing a human being. And I don't think we give enough understanding and, and credit towards what that actually means. But basically you're exhausted, right? Your body is just growing a human. So that's the best way to put it. If you're growing a human, of course, your body's going to be exhausted and you're going to be experiencing all kinds of sicknesses and things that come with that. So I got through the first trimester, probably like a normal trimester of just exhaustion and nausea. But moving into the second trimester, about the 16th or 17th week, I started to experience a lot of abdominal pain, which ultimately could be a plethora of things that you could be feeling, right? I mean, your belly is growing and expanding. You are still growing a human. And so you feel lots of things. But this particular pain left me pretty much down and out for a series of about three days. And I was just pretty much in the bed in fetal position going through what I was feeling, not knowing like, should I go to the doctor? Probably should have at that time. But you know, I didn't want to go to the hospital or go to the doctor prematurely. So I kind of waited it out. After about three days, I felt a little bit better and kind of pursued my day as usual, which was filled with meetings and all kinds of work probably. So I did that. By the end of that particular day, I was in the ER, crouched over in pain, wondering what I was going through. To make this part of the story a little bit shorter, they basically told me that I could be going through a miscarriage. And at that particular time, there was nothing that they could do about it, right? There was nothing that they they couldn't save the baby, even if I wanted to, because it wasn't viable at 16, 17 weeks. So I had to wait. The very following week, I had a full anatomy scheduled. A full anatomy is where they pretty much you know, uh, search everything, make sure everything is working correctly, the baby's growing properly, and you find out the sex of the baby. So that was just a couple of days away. And so I waited for that moment because maybe some light could be shed about what I was going through, what I was experiencing. Went through that process, and you can actually watch that whole video on YouTube. I recorded the gender reveal um, on YouTube back then. And now I wish that I would have recorded more uh, videos because that one's so special. And I, and I recently got to show my daughter, you know, the day that we found out that she was going to be a girl, which was really, really cute. So you can look that up on youtube.com forward slash live with Tiffany. And I believe it's just gender reveal or something like that. But anyway, so I recorded that whole video, found out I was having a girl. The sonographer did make a couple like, hmm, 
hmm, I don't know, you know, that, that seems kind of odd sounds throughout, which left me feeling like what is actually happening, but she didn't really disclose too much information. So I had to wait till I saw my midwife, who then explained to me that I was experiencing a, several different complications and that she needed to send me to a high-risk doctor. So all this is a matter of like 24 hours. One day, the sen- you know, getting the full anatomy, the next day, the midwife sent off to a high-risk doctor. So the high-risk doctor then told me that I had gone through a partial placenta abruption. In a partial placenta abruption, if you don't know, and I'm going to get very technical, so I hope you stay with me for this because I do have a point to all this, is a separation of your placenta from your uterus. And yes, it is as horrible as it sounds, saying it out loud, but basically this caused just a lot of tearing and excess bleeding and things of that nature, coupled with two other complications that I had, all not related to each other, just kind of, you know, happens. And with that determination of these three very separate complications, but one playing off of the other, she told me that it was very likely that I would lose my daughter before I got to the 24th week mark of my pregnancy. And if I went into early labor, there was a possibility that I could lose my life in the process. So basically in the matter of a minute, I was told that I was going to lose my daughter and that I could possibly lose my life. Everything changes in an instant with those kinds of words. And if you've ever experienced a devastating you know, diagnosis, an illness either of yourself or someone that you love, you're just at a loss for words, right? There's not really any words that could take up that kind of space um, and fear that pretty much is going through your whole entire body of what did I just hear? What is actually happening? And there was nothing that I could do. And there's nothing that she can really say. And she was very matter of fact about it, which was also very interesting about her bedside manner. It was just like, all right, you and your child might die. And I hope you guys have a great day. And it was almost that bad. Really no, um, you know, no remorse of the words that she had just told me, no, like, you know, but let's talk about options or things that we can do, or I don't know, anything to comfort. All of that was not there. So I was left to really having to allow myself to feel all of my feelings as much as I wanted to completely shut down. I couldn't for a number of reasons. One, I had a child to grow. (laughs) Right. And I knew that that would take some healing on my part, some actual physical healing that needed to occur, but me just holding the space within my body to even heal. And so that is a mind, body, spirit connection that had to be there. But also because I was working, I was running my business at the time. There were no other uh, resources (laughs) coming into the house. My business was the lifeline of the family at the time. And I still had to make something happen, right? And so I was put on bed rest and I had to really change up how I was working and how I was operating in my day-to-day life. I couldn't continue to push and grind and do all the things that I was up to at the time. I had to really take a step back and allow myself, and, and I actually talked about this 
last week um, or doing the last episode of your hell yeses is giving yourself, you know, really 24 hours to make a decision. And that's what that's where this stemmed from. There was a 24 hour period that I just kicked and screamed and cried. And why me? And why is this happening? And what does this all mean? And I felt sorry for myself and I felt sorry for my baby or my unborn child. And I felt, and even now, like I'm tearing and I'm getting emotional because I guess the trauma is real. It's still very much in my body. Um, But you feel really helpless to some degree. And even if you've never experienced something like that, you know, like a pregnancy or an illness, there are times in our lives that we feel like, how can we even push through? How can we even continue to make it? Because everything seems stacked against you. And this was one of those moments. But within that 24-hour period, I had to say, okay, Tiffany, you have to create some change here. Change is not guaranteed. Like the kind of change or the outcome that you're looking for is not guaranteed, right? And the outcome that I was looking for was to heal my complications so that I had a fighting chance to save my baby and save my life. That was the outcome that I wanted, all while making sure we didn't go homeless <laughs> and not evicted in the middle of winter because I was living in Denver at the time. So all of that had to happen, okay? And it was very complicated. Um, but with that, I began to really create a practice then. And I, didn't, I wasn't even fully aware that that's what I was doing at the time. So I only allowed myself to work, you know, four to five hours a day. And I was working online because I couldn't leave. I couldn't go out and speak and do workshops and all the things that I was up to. So I had to really amp up my online presence and what that looked like for my business. I um, meditated or at least attempted to meditate. I took more baths. I did some deep breathing. I just communicated with my daughter. I just took some time out to really be intentional about my healing. And then... I would just binge watch the Food Network in all seriousness. (laughs) That was the rest of my day. The rest of my day was just watching the Food Network and binging on all the shows. And that was relaxing for me. But this was allowing myself to know, really this was allowing myself to heal and feel, but know that some things are also out of my control. I could only do what I could do, but what I could do was think as positive as possible. What I could do was make sure that I was taking care of my body. What I could do is get through the moment and know that every week while I was waiting was truly a blessing. And that is what I did. And it became a miracle because at the 24th week mark, literally a day before was the deadline. My abruption healed that I talked about earlier, which allowed me to get a... Uh, surgery for another complication that I couldn't get without the abruption healing. And all that happened within a 24-hour period. And what's crazy is that whole second trimester was so intense. But as soon as I got the surgery, as soon as the abruption healed, the rest of my pregnancy felt very normal. And I went into the third trimester pretty much feeling like like a normal pregnancy again. And I had my daughter a little early, but not nearly as early as they have uh, projected. So I had my daughter, Autumn Skye, at 37 weeks, and she was a perfectly healthy baby. 
all the time, the nurses and the doctors looked at me like I was literally a walking miracle because they could not believe that, you know, I made it past even 30 weeks with all that I was experiencing. So that was like one, one phase of me entering motherhood, which was is huge by itself. Like just entering motherhood as a transition is big, whether you go through a complicated pregnancy or not. So, but this was my first wave of it. And then I had my daughter, all was great. Um, you know, all motherhood stuff, like the staying up or being up all night long and breastfeeding and all the things and being exhausted and tired, all the very normal things that everyone knows and pretty much experiences. But then about six months after I had my daughter, I started to experience postpartum depression. And that really did shift everything for me um, and has given me so much perspective on life in general. Uh, And so before I get into that full story, because I still wanted to take a moment, I feel like this is going to be a longer episode (laughs) than I anticipated, but... I want to share with you the piece that I did, the spoken word piece, and then dissect that so that you kind of get that full spectrum of the transitional periods that we go through, that I went through personally, the ways that I felt, but how that looked as I overcame it in some ways that if you're going through a complicated series through your life, it doesn't have to be a pregnancy or postpartum depression by any means, but if you're going through some complications in life in general, or you're feeling moments and spouts of depression and anxiety about big life decisions or changes that are occurring, then maybe I can give you some insight on ways to counter that chaos. This piece is called The Shift is Real. There are moments that the words don't reach. There's a suffering too terrible to name. You hold your child as tight as you can And push away the unimaginable The moments when you're in so deep It feels easier to just swim down <laughs> Who am I? Unrecognizable The newness, the pain, the glory, the triumph, the tears. Every day I am piecing it together. Every day I am holding it together. Every day I am trying to keep it together. The tears. The shame, the guilt, the experience, the love. Everything is split. Out on the floor, right in front of me. Unrecognizable. Who am I here to be? I lean in, I listen, I trust. The voice inside of me reminding me that every little thing is gonna be all right. They say, don't worry. They say it'll all work itself out. The confusion, the inner war, the outer illusion, 
unrecognizable. Who am I? Somewhere over the rainbow, bluebirds fly. Birds fly over the rainbow. Why, oh why can't I? Shifting. Something inside of me is shifting. I take it to the floor. Stillness, silence, release. Tears. Back to the floor. Stillness, silence, release. Peace. Glimpses of light overshadow the darkness. It's been a long time since I've seen myself. It's been a long time since I've heard my voice or recognized my face. Familiar, yet new. I've shifted. I am not who I once was because I have shifted. My identity has taken on an elevated version of me. My goodness, the shift is real. To the floor. Stillness. Silence. Release. I've shifted. There are moments that the words don't reach. There's a grace too powerful to name. We push away what we can never understand. We push away the unimaginable. Transitions are never easy. They are scary, unpredictable, uncomfortable, confusing, cloudy, but needed. There are lessons here. Growth here. Magic here. The question isn't, will you make it to the other side? The question is, will you see the beauty through the muck? So what do you think? <laughs> that was a piece that I actually wrote for a conference, a motherhood conference that I spoke at uh, about a year or so ago. And the piece actually didn't make the cut. And now I'm, and now I'm really sad that I didn't make sure that it made the cut because I think that it would have been so much more compelling, the story that I was telling with this particular talk, um, if I would have just included it and kept it in. But it probably was a mix of, I don't know if I really want to share you know, this piece of me just yet. I'm not sure what it was. But um, I did end up sharing that piece at the open mic night that I mentioned earlier on and it got such great feedback and I'm like, man, it felt really good to not only share that piece, but really incorporate singing and spoken word together. And I look forward to continuing to do that in some future talks that I have lined up. So that's not the point of this whole story. So let me get back to what we are talking about. But um Basically, 
that whole piece weaved in and out of what I was feeling at the time. So it started in a place of brokenness, if you will. It was this, what is happening and who am I, right? It was this unrecognizable feeling, which is what happens every time we go through some big life transition, especially if it if it puts us in a place of brokenness, right? So when we break up with a loved one, with a romantic partner, we feel quite broken. We've lost a piece of ourselves somewhere along the lines. When we, in friendships, when we find out that we might have an illness, there is brokenness. When we might have to uproot our lives in some capacity and move away from everyone that we love, there is some brokenness. So when we go through big life transitions that leave us in a place of brokenness, we begin to question who we are. Because who we are or who we were had to almost die to some degree in order for us to move on to the next phase of what we're here to do or what we're trying to live. And so there is this feeling of unrecognizable behavior unrecognizable movement forward. And we're not sure how to combat that except through tears, right? A lot of crying, a lot of anger, a lot of questioning. What is this? Why is this happening to me? It it takes us into that very woe is me state. And so that was that whole first section of the poem. And then I transitioned into part two, which was really shifting. And the shifting is pretty much where now my work has been rooted for the last couple of years. And the shift is real actually is a phrase that I still say a lot, but it was definitely in that moment of, of the transition is the transition period of change is real, right? It is. <laughs> the tra- transitioning is real because you're going through a full spectrum of emotions and coming out onto the other side. And so this part two was really focused on how I shifted. And so I said, I take it to the floor, stillness, silence, release. And that was me meditating, right? For some, it's leaving it all to God, right? Putting it all in the universe's hands and kind of taking that level of responsibility away from myself and allowing it to release up off of me. And so I was grounded in this version of my discovery of taking it to the floor, of becoming very introspective, of understanding where I was, what I had gone through. Postpartum depression was probably enacted for me in particular because I had not only gone through all those complications a year prior, But I was also working, right, still working a lot, still putting pieces to my business at the time together. I had moved away from Denver back home um, to South Florida to be closer to family. That's a transition. All of these things were big transitions, and they were all happening for me at the same time. And I think mentally and emotionally, I just couldn't take it. And like, I just broke down and stayed that way kind of in this period of change for a number of months. But it's because I didn't take the time to really mourn the identities that I was shifting from and shifting into. And so it's so important, and this is why I now 
focus a lot on a practice, creating a practice, talking a lot about the practice, talking a lot about the morning shift, why it's so necessary to hold space for your becoming, who you are today and who you're looking to become. That's a pivotal moment throughout our lives and we're always going through changes. Like life is quite literally an endless string of transitions. And when we don't hold space for it and we push ourselves into the next phase without realizing that we're probably losing some piece of ourselves, we're gaining so much more, hopefully, but we're also losing a piece. We've outgrown that piece, we've evolved. And it's okay to mourn that. And I feel like our society doesn't allow for that to happen or we don't allow for it enough, right? And that's why I think it's important to go through those shifting periods and acknowledge what you're going through, what you're experiencing and be still and be introspective and journal and do your practice. So that was part two. And then in part three was pretty much a level of understanding that comes through with the transition. So that first phase of who am I unrecognizable? And then the second phase of, all right, it's time to do the work. The work, the work isn't easy. Who are you now? What have you gone through? What challenges and changes that have happened throughout your life that has impacted the way that you are currently experiencing life today. It's a lot of digging, a lot of probing, a lot of discovering and uncovering. But that part of the work is so necessary because we fail to understand how much trauma we hold in our body from all kinds of experiences and how that plays a role in how we show up every single day to live, to lead, and to work. So part three is that acknowledgement period. It's usually that hindsight moment of, holy shit. (laughs) Actually, all that crap was so necessary. And now I see why it was so necessary for me to go through that. Now I see how it has aided to the experiences of the future. I see the lessons that I was supposed to learn. I now have a clearer understanding of why I'm here or what I'm supposed to do next. That is pretty much the journey. The journey of discovery and the journey of self. Some kind of catalyst that sparks it. We either then go into denial And maybe for a little bit we are in denial or we go and start doing the work and then we overcome that and we're like, oh, that was great. (laughs) Actually, that wasn't that bad or it was horrible, but I see why it was so necessary. And so going through the complications personally in my pregnancy and then going through postpartum depression all in a matter of a year changed the way that I thought about how we deal in everyday life which now lends to a good chunk of the work that I do, helping people show up in the most full, whole version of who they are and who they are here to be, which I say a lot here, right? Because it's the point of the podcast. 
How do we counter all the chaos that we feel in order to live our most fullest version of who we are here to be? That's where the work is. That's where the understanding is. That's where the awareness is. And for myself, I've gone through series over the years, especially over the last eight years since I started a business and really started embarking on my own personal growth journey and the ups and downs along with that. But this particular moment was like, you know, and I'm sure I'm not done learning big, powerful lessons that will shape who I am and what I do, but this was definitely a catalyst. Becoming a mother has been such a catalyst because this have not only changed how I show up to live, lead, and work, but it shaped my work and how I help other people do it. And then I think about my daughter. I think about the fact that the odds were so stacked against her from the beginning, but she is here. She is a miracle. And to some degree, we're all walking miracles. We're all one in a billion that we are here living and experiencing this thing that we call life. And for that reason, what is it that we are here to do? What is it that we're really here to experience? And how do we start showing up more often, if not every day, to fulfill that miraculous order that has been put on our lives. I know that it is important to me to continue to work and grow and help others do the same. I also want a planet and a society that will do better by my daughter. So I will continue to do my advocacy work and work in that way. But all of this took shape over the last couple of years, about five years ago. So what I want from you, because I know now we're dipping into like 40 minutes and I try to keep these podcasts under 30, (laughs) really at the 20 mark, is I want you to think about what some of the big shifts that have occurred in your life. What are some of the big shifts that have shaped the way that you show up in this world? And have you given them enough credit where credit is due in a positive way? Even if it was a truly negative experience, what good came out of it? And the more you can do that throughout your whole life, that you can look at those different areas that might have felt like brokenness or like it caused harm because it probably did in some way. If you can pull the positive outcomes out of it, and then keep it in a journal or keep it on a list. Maybe the next time that you are experiencing something devastating in your life, or it doesn't even have to be truly devastating, but a feeling of brokenness or loss, that you can look over those times and remind yourself that every little thing is gonna be all right. And then be present and think, What is this here to teach me right now? What am I here to learn? And maybe you'll have an answer, maybe you won't, and that part's okay too. But I feel the more understanding we are about our transitions, the more space that we hold for them, the easier they become. 
because then you just realize that life is a never-ending process of transition and learning. And all we are here as humans to do is learn the lesson to fulfill. (laughs) This is more on the spiritual side, but probably fulfill some kind of soul contract. And it might not be that deep. In the sense of, you know, feeling like everything is crashing and burning, but maybe it's it's a lesson, it's an opportunity to rise above, to understand more. And for me personally, that gives me some kind of solace. It allows for me to move on quickly, to hold space for what I'm feeling, understand that, but also not hold on to it for too long, where it begins to cause too much pain and turmoil. And I'm going to leave it there. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on with me today. I hope this piece helped you shed some light on your own stories and your own discovery process. If you have anything you want to share with me or any insight or any feedback, even on my spoken word piece, tweet me at livewithtiffany.com or send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram. You can pretty much find me in all of those places at livewithtiffany.com. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for the love. Thanks for the support. Join the email list at livetiffany.com forward slash join. And until next time, continue to counter the chaos.